0: chase thomas podcast. the chase thomas podcast (laughs) Um, my nephew needs
1: me to record see i hate i already hate it i hate it all right hello and welcome back to another episode of the chase thomas podcast the full ride here on the chase thomas podcast here on the blue wire pod network where i'm still the aforementioned chase thomas coming to you live from knoxville tennessee the mecca of college football knoxville Mm -hmm. tennessee where we're so freaking good that matt green gets got by the twitter the twitter falsehoods that uh so many other people have fallen victim to uh this fall this college football season Uh, i think his name is richard g west on twitter.com uh who got both bob silverman friend of the pod of the daily beast and also matt green right here before us texting me on saturday night oh man can can, uh, tennessee kentucky college game day once again not so fast my friend No. They are not coming to Knoxville, Tennessee, but many people are saying it could be fair to have wherever Tennessee is playing. That is where college game day (laughs) should be for the rest of the college football season. That's where the eyeballs are. That's where the offense is. That's where your Heisman favorite is. That is where a receiver roams, where he is on track for 20 touchdowns. It's like, is he going to score here? Is he going to take it easy? Who freaking knows all we know Savals the Vols are still undefeated after taking down the the feisty UT Martin Skyhawks uh in their powder blue Pat Summit blue they wore in honor of the late Pat Summit on Saturday but uh things better than ever here on Rocket Top and I'm joined to talk all things Tennessee and Tennessee Martin fellow University of North Georgia Illinois Matt <laughs> Green Matt good evening sir how are you yeah, I think everyone was watching UT Martin
0: uh Tennessee on Saturday for sure. Um yeah, mm. man, I'm good. We know Tennessee is going to be uh or we very likely it, they took a, an off week for Tennessee for game day because likely uh November 5th in Athens, that's I mean, I would definitely think that's going to be game day when the when the Vols come to town, but but yeah, man, it was a it was an excellent weekend of college football. I feel like this has been This has been one of our better seasons of college football. I feel like in Mm. recent memory, like last year, because it feels like there's a lot of legitimate contenders out there, like more Mm. than usual, like Tennessee. And this is what people talk about. Like when they say teams like Tennessee being good is good for college football, because it's just one more team in the sec. That's potentially can win a national championship. Like it's, Mm -hmm. It's kind of crazy when you think about it. I, I was just I was looking at it a couple of days ago. Um, the SEC mm-hmm. right now has six ranked teams, or is it seven? I can't remember. But uh, if you look at the SEC, every single team in the conference has finished. If if South Carolina can finish ranked this year, because they're number twenty five right now. Mm-hmm if South Carolina can finish this season ranked, which is a big if, because they got a bunch of big games still left on the schedule. Every single team outside of Vanderbilt will have finished ranked at some point in the last like four seasons. And Hmm. it's just, it's pretty insane. Just year in, year out, you don't know which teams are going to be good, but you're going to get a solid like six, seven teams that can potentially be ranked every single year.
1: I mean, you could make the case how many in the how many like just taking everything else out the window just what we think about those teams whether or not where they stand if like you put them on a neutral field against 131 other fbs teams like how many games would or would they fit in the top 25 like just in terms of how they would be viewed on a neutral side versus the majority of who they play and you look at and you're like well it's a lot of sec teams that would make the top 25 the honest top 25 is i guess how we would look at it um I mean, you would probably, I mean, let's just do this list. It's a good thought exercise to get our brains moving. So you got Georgia. Um, you can count as I go through <laughs> so these. Georgia, Kentucky, Tennessee, Florida, South Carolina, um, Alabama, Mississippi State, Mi- Ole Miss, LSU, and I think Arkansas.
0: I mean, that's that? 10 teams, right? There. Yeah, I
1: think 10. I think 10. That sounds right. That feels right to me. 10 of the top 25 teams in the country uh, are in the SEC. I would say those 10 are I would say any given Saturday are among at this point in the year. One You of included the top Florida 25. in there. Yeah, I did. I, I think probably, Florida.
0: probably wouldn't include Florida in there with some of those other I mean, even mm. South Carolina is borderline like, um, obviously, huge win for South Carolina this week. But
1: Many are saying another big emotional win for the South Carolina Gamecock program. Just another emotional, hard-fought, their fields win for the, for the Gamecocks. <laughs> but if you
0: look at the teams that aren't ranked, like Florida, Texas A&M, Auburn, mm-hmm. Arkansas, Mississippi State. like that, That's half the conference, and none of those teams, everyone else is ranked, every, basically, other than Missouri and Vanderbilt, are just terrible doing their own thing at the bottom. But... Yeah, it's just a—it's a great year for parity, and then you also have like in other conferences, like it seems like we have some legitimate contenders. Like there's, you know, a lot of people questioning Clemson, myself included, but they're an obvious CFP contender. TCU now, Oklahoma State coming out of the the Big Twelve, Oregon with a huge win this week. UCLA and USC are still contenders, I think, with one loss. Utah still got one, just the one loss, right? Or do they have two now?
1: Utah has two.
0: Utah's got two so they're pretty much out so but yeah I mean there's just it's a lot of and then the Big Ten I mean Michigan seeing Penn State blow out Minnesota the way they did like that that uh I think that makes the Michigan win look even bigger because we're starting to be like Mm -hmm. yeah Penn State's just kind of inept on offense like now maybe Penn State's just a solid like third best team in the Big Ten but Michigan is just on a whole nother level so It's, uh, I'm, I'm excited. Like, I don't really know how to, how to shake up in Tennessee. That just throws, that throws a wrench into everything. Like the same, the same old teams argument. Like, I love how quick, like the, the mainstream people just kind of talk about Georgia being one of the same old teams. I'm like, wait, hold on. We just want to change over the first time in 40 years. We're the new guys. You guys supposed to like us. We're not the evil empire already. Right.
1: I think it's the way you're doing it. I think part of it is just that, like you built the Saban empire, just one state over. I think that's, that's part of it where people are like, well, we didn't, when we wanted to topple Nick Saban, we didn't actually want you to topple Nick Saban with just another version of Nick Saban that no, that's not what any of us actually wanted. Like nobody wants uh, the coach that's 25 years younger or however. Yeah. Yeah, You don't want that. Like no one in college. And this is not, look, this is a good place to be if you're a Georgia football fan, but like that comes with the territory of building the death star uh, one state over. It's like, well, yeah, no, now you're just the new version of what we hated about Alabama for the last 20 years. So, like, yeah, no one's going to be cheering for you. Like, you, you, what you've built over here is, like, yeah, you're not the scrappy underdog. The Mark Rick, Brian Schottenheimer, Grayson Lambert years are long gone, my friend. That's See, I uh, not who this, you are anymore. I
0: compare this to the Red Sox. I feel hmm. like everybody loved the Red Sox in 2003, 2004, because yeah. they're, like, the anti-Yankees. But then by 07, it's, like, it took two championships where you're like, all right, fuck the Red Sox, right? <laughs> they're just the same Yankees, like they just gonna pay, they're gonna pay the most money in mm-hmm. the league. Like, forget that. They're, they're not a cute story anymore.
1: Yeah, yeah Georgia
0: <laughs> took one championship. They were like, same old team. They're just the same <laughs> old, just like Ohio State, Clemson Georgia, same, same team every year.
1: Yeah. I think we all agree. America, they hate the dogs, love the ball. <laughs> um, but yeah, all I mean, are sexy,
0: I that's for sure.
1: How did you, did you go apple picking? Did you go pumpkin patch picking? What did you do for your final free Georgia Saturday, Georgia weekend where you did not have to uh, pay close attention to the dogs uh, until the end of the year? What'd you uh,
0: do? I tried to get some things done, you know, around the house that I uh, could get done, you know, not 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 taking any one game as seriously, you know, but you mm-hmm. say that and then once the games start, it's like, well, I need I need to watch this. I need to see mm-hmm. what's happening. Um. But yeah, I feel like uh, the, the the noon slate g- gave us some good games, and uh, it was a it was just a, a good matchup. I mean, yeah, obviously it's weird when your team's not playing, but you're just I feel like you we needed the bye week, you know. Mm. I, honestly, Georgia fans didn't need the bye week. It's it's been a lot of a lot of easy wins to this point, but it's. It's just a tradition. The week toward the Florida game, uh, Florida had that bye week for years. Georgia was like, we were losing to them every year. It's like, all right, maybe we need a bye week too.
1: Can so, also uh, can we, You know what's crazy? We're now at the point where, I mean, Florida is inching towards Georgia Tech in this rivalry uh, based on the gap here where you see three touchdown dogs <laughs> on a neutral site for the Gators uh, out of the gate is oof long way to go for the gators
0: it's a long way from being georgia tech though because i mean florida won in 2020 right so that's one one of the last what five i guess florida's won, so it's obviously going in georgia's direction Mm -hmm. um and georgia's clearly the better program right now but man there's too much heartbreak too much soul crushing just like in florida Florida didn't just beat you in their heyday. Like Florida humiliated teams, and they mm-hmm. just the trash talking that went with just the the golden eras of Gator football. Like you'll never forget that, and I'm I'm sure Kirby Smart. I think he was one in three in his uh, playing career at Georgia. I'm sure he doesn't forget losing to Florida and Steve Spurrier. Just the the arrogance that was Steve Spurrier. Like I feel like that 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 cut georgia fans to the core it wasn't until kirby smart until we actually accepted visors as an appropriate uh article of clothing are you not a visor guy no I'm not no, a visor I, no guy. I don't wear i don't wear a visor but i'm saying georgia fans collectively hated the visor because mm-hmm. of steve spurrier that was and the they, only
1: reason just because yeah, of the yeah
0: only steve spurrier kirby gets their day one rocking a visor they're like All right,
1: that man right, sleeps in a cool. visor <laughs> yeah. can you imagine how much that visor stinks like kirby smarts visors have been through a lot like i don't i imagine those are not like his visors are very different than lane kiffin's visors kiffin's visors look clean like they get washed and just ready to go each and every day or he has like a different one for each day like you true. see lane having a different one to rock kirby's more like the craig biggio you know yes. the pine tar on the helmet yes. that's 100 percent accurate um not a great weekend for for uh lane kiffin um but we'll get into that game and many others i will say on the tennessee front because um, we're not going to spend a lot of time on tennessee tennessee martin uh on saturday but something i had just jotted down in watching joe milton the second half it's so weird i i, I think a buy would have been better i think this game is actually a negative for tennessee this is my galaxy brain take matt green where the last thing tennessee had to do in this game was i mean the second half because they score 50 plus first half clicking on all cylinders like they just stumble into 50 points and a half against like lower like it's just it's it's so weird to just see how dominant and how much it e- how easy it is to take this this volunteers team for granted but i, <laughs> I was watching the second half and i'm just sitting there and this game almost went four hours like really really clunky a lot of penalties a lot of a lot of stoppages injury stuff and it just kept going and going and i was like I don't know if it's good for the offense to like have to try and not score for a half because like you didn't want to run up the score on the Skyhawks. You didn't want to get up to 80, 90 where they were going. And I'm not sure if that's good for the offense.
0: And they could have dropped 80 in this one.
1: I think they could have dropped 90. Yeah, 100%. If they did not pull any starters, they were on path to a 90.1. Yeah. Like, they're punting in this one in the second half. They were doing stuff where you could tell they were running up the middle and trying not to do anything big over the top. And they were like, man, we we really cannot score. So they were, like, actively trying not to put points on the board. And I'm not sure that's good for a team. I'm not sure it's good to actually, like, spend a quarter and a half trying to not lose the game, but, like, just getting out of your offensive rhythm and playing with the tempo and doing everything else. I think I don't think it will ultimately be a huge uh, issue going into Kentucky on Saturday night, but I don't know. I didn't like it. I I, I would just imagine if I got Josh Heupel on here, he's like, yeah, it's because you're not playing a real game. Like, that's not reality that you're trying not to score points uh, for a whole half. And you're basically teaching against everything that you've spent the whole season mastering. And then you have this week where you're like. Whoa, 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 whoa. It's like the Peter Griffin family guy. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> just slam on the brakes here. And that's your your last memory is just like trying not to score. I don't know. Just kind of, it's a weird game. I feel like this game did take forever. I just yes. like
0: kept turning over to NC <laughs> Network. Like this game's still on. Like yeah. we're done with this. We play a 12 minute quarter, play a running clock fourth quarter. Like, come on, let's, let's get out of here. No one. Yeah. We don't want
1: anyone to get injured exactly uh hopefully it looks like cedric tillman to McCullough back this week tennessee was just down to walk ons at corner for the majority of it. like just the secondary was so so broken up uh ut martin though they got a wide receiver pretty good a uh, really good player uh that uh, gave the ball some problems for a little bit but uh by and large another dominant offensive explosion for the balls but last last tennessee question uh-huh. um
0: is the uh, is the black checkerboard is that a real thing or is that a, another fake news from that Richard West guy?
1: I think it's fake news, but it's also like not realistic. Like this, we're now at the point in the season where you're not going to be able to get that because people are going to dress for warmth at this point. It's going to be in the 30s. This is you know, like, I mean, a long sleeve orange Tennessee gear. You just have long a long sleeve more...
0: black Tennessee. I think I think you could rock it it's a lot of black and then you can do the blackout like you could do that are they rocking black uniforms is that a thing that's definitely happening this week well hold on let
1: me just say uh i don't think it's public but yes i think the Mm. tennessee volunteers are wearing black on saturday night fair enough uh but no it'll be good dark mode it'll be fun um i'm sure a lot of big recruits in the building maybe even christian Conyer. the uh best player out of the state of Kentucky who chose the Vols over the Kentucky Wildcats. I don't know, man. Like I said, this is gonna be a fun game on Saturday. Uh, I think the top three in the East, as long as Stoops stays at Kentucky, Kentucky, Tennessee, and Georgia are going to run this side of the conference for the next couple of years. I think if you're a South Carolina and Florida fan, especially in Mizzou too, you're like, man, you know, what sucks is that Tennessee, Kentucky, and Georgia are all clicking on all cylinders. The, the East is, not big enough for that many teams to succeed so i think the wall is coming uh for the gators the gamecocks and the tigers and uh that's an unfortunate place to be for the next couple years because it's not open
0: one number one south carolina hater in the house chase thomas always bringing the gamecocks down
1: to down to reality also are we ready to go with billy napier was a downgrade from dan mullen are we ready are we are we closing in on that
0: I mean, we'll see. I think, I think with Dan Mullen, I think Florida probably goes four and three to start this this season. So, but I'm, I'm saying year sure. one. What
1: did Dan Mullen do in year one with a really rough roster too that he inherited uh, post Jim McElwain? Like,
0: I don't know. But see, I don't think he inherited that bad of a situation because McElwain only got fired because he, people just didn't like him. No, but what were they recruiting it? They were not, this
1: was not They were getting,
0: like, I think McIlwain got, like, 10th, 12th ranked classes. Like, nothing, Mm. like, crazy. But, like, he got some good players, but they just, like, I think it was known that they just, like, quit on him halfway through the season and whatever, the shark thing, and he lied about getting death threats. And there's all kinds of reasons McAwen got fired. But I don't think it was as, I don't think the cupboard was as bare as necessarily Dan Mullen left it.
1: Hmm all right matt green well uh ap poll not many changes this was not like a lot of big games this weekend a lot of good teams were off um kind of weird that tennessee and georgia in the top three both not in a big game uh, not where you want to be in college football i guess like this deep in the season and like two of your best teams are either off or playing a uh an fcs school um so that was probably not not the best but you need a breather beating Alabama last week and Georgia now going to be in big time competition, uh, the rest of the way. So it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun, um, going forward, Ohio state, Penn state, uh, Michigan, no longer playing, uh, just the, the patty cakes schools that they've played to this point that I'll get into a a fun stat for those Michigan Wolverines who think that they should be ranked ahead of the Tennessee volunteers, which is of course an incorrect take, incorrect, incorrect take, uh, on the Wolverines over the walls. any big surprises though for you on the AP poll changes? Anything you uh, thought should have been changed, or uh, you don't you don't understand it?
0: Um, no, I think uh, I think this is a solid poll when I look at it. I think Ole Miss. Are we getting into Ole Miss yet? Do I have, do I have to wait to get to Ole Miss? Yeah, Ole Miss, to to Ole Miss I think was brought back down closer to where they should be, but I don't know. They might they might keep going down, but we'll keep, mm. we'll talk about Ole Miss. Uh, but yeah, to see LSU get up there at 18, like I think I think they've looked like a good team at, uh, at times this year. Um, but yeah, nothing really, not a lot changed, like you said. Like uh, there there wasn't like Syracuse. I think mean, that's a lot of respect. Like they nearly went into Death Valley and won. Like only dropped a couple spots in in the polls. So I mean, yeah, I didn't really have any issues with it.
1: The only one I would probably throw out, I mean, NC State with Devin Larry out for the year. What are we doing? Just toss, toss them out of here. Um, but also I think there is way too oh, much.
0: that yeah, they, yeah. NC State is not a top twenty-five team. Um,
1: the other thing I small gripe, but I think this is something that they should have done is I think TCU should be ahead of Alabama. Like they're seven zero, bunch of big wins. Bama has a loss. I think TCU should be number six i don't think they should be ahead of clemson or michigan but i think they deserve to be ahead of alabama as long as they're undefeated i didn't really like that i think they that's kind of silly to me is i don't know what else tcu is supposed to do um to be ahead of them i'm not saying they're better than alabama but i think based on what we've seen on the field um and then being undefeated and bama having that one loss i don't i don't know what the justification is for not putting tcu there
0: i mean that's fair TCU hasn't played anyone as good as Tennessee, so I mean you could make that argument going at Tennessee, losing fifty-two to forty-nine, like honestly being a basically a missed field goal away from from winning a game like that. Like as good as TCU is, I think you know Oklahoma State is a good win, Kansas State's a good win, obviously, but some of these teams in the Big Twelve, like Oklahoma and Kansas, like those are those good teams. Like I don't really think those are necessarily impressive wins by any means but i, I think at, after a while if they, if they stay undefeated i think you'll eventually see them jump them especially if they went they got at texas in a couple weeks so it's like that's that's one of alabama's wins so that they could kind of cancel that out
1: um of the group matt green of the undefeateds who do you think falls next who because we're not getting six undefeated teams uh well we can't anyway because jordan tennessee play each other but um And Ohio State, Michigan, who, who of this group actually makes it to the finish line undefeated?
0: I don't want to give away uh, any of my picks for this week. Oh, Uh, but, mm. but you know how I feel about Morgantown, West Virginia, sir. Mm. And as much as I've liked the Horn Frogs, you know, I'm super high on Max Duggan. Yeah. Uh, Going in. It is a noon kickoff. So, you know, I have to go into Morgantown at night, but going into West Virginia is always a tricky game. So TCU shouldn't lose to West Virginia, but weird things happen in Morgantown. Um, But obviously we're going to see Georgia, Tennessee in like two weeks. So less than two weeks. Mm -hmm. So that's, I think that's the logical place to say the first undefeated team goes down because Ohio state, Penn state, like Michigan playing Michigan state. Like I think they're, both probably going to win those games handedly. So, yeah, I mean, you're going to see either Georgia or Tennessee, and I tend to think going into in between the hedges, it could be tough for the Volunteers. But you know, I think right now it's like an 11 point uh, future futures bet. Right now, if you do mm. Georgia Tennessee, Georgia's like an 11 point favorite. I have a hard time laying 11 points down, but uh, yeah, that's going to be that's going to be an interesting one.
1: What what happens if Ohio State loses to Penn State this weekend and then Tennessee blows out Kentucky, but Georgia l- beats Florida by, like, 10? Do you think Tennessee jumps Georgia and, and moves to number one? Um, it's hard. I mean, Kentucky is
0: a good win. I just – I think Kentucky just doesn't do anything for, like – the the human voter you know <laughs> kentucky is way sounds forest. so disrespectful but it i'm is. here for kentucky, it what does that even mean all right kentucky i'm ready to go in, is the sec version of wake forest it's like hmm. you look at wake forest like they're a good team but then someone says oh we god we had some good wins this year oh who have you played we beat wake forest you're like yeah it's wake forest we're that good like it's just one of those teams they're in the acc championship last year right they're obviously mm-hmm. a respectable program kentucky's winning nine ten games like every other year now they're obviously good, but at the same time, it's like a yeah, but that—that's that, mm-hmm. not like a. Is that a just beating Kentucky handedly? Tell it, tell anyone you're better than Georgia. It's like, well, yeah, you should beat them. Georgia would probably beat them handedly too. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's hard to say. So Tennessee has a great resume, but you also look at Georgia, especially with with South Carolina being ranked now. Mm-hmm. I mean, Georgia's beaten. Oregon is looking like one of the one of the few playoff contenders we have left here like seven eight weeks into the season and georgia absolutely smoked this team 49-3 on a on a neutral site beat what was it 48-7 to i think south carolina who's a who's a ranked team now five and two so that is still i mean and you compare it to what they are currently tennessee they were it was a good win obviously to beat florida uh, but it was a close win versus a team that's not necessarily very good. Alabama is obviously their best win at Pittsburgh. Great, great win when it happened. But you, the more and more you look at that, it's like, well, Pittsburgh's not that great of a team. LSU, absolutely smoking LSU in Death Valley. There was a lot of yeah buts to that. It's like, oh, this isn't a good de- this isn't a good LSU team. It's a noon kickoff, like whatever. That
1: win looks a lot better now.
0: Yeah, the, the, no one is gonna is disrespecting that LSU win at all. So there's a chance, and I think the playoff, the first playoff rankings come out. I think that week. So hmm. there's a chance that uh, obviously, if Ohio State went down, that'd be number one versus number two. Is it before
1: or after the Georgia game?
0: After the I want to say Georgia it's. Bef- I think it's that week before that game. I want to. That's say. huge because
1: 100%. I want to see where Tennessee stands before that Georgia game. I, I'm glad that, that that's the case because Tennessee is right there. At, if they put them at three, let's just say that, or two, they put them at three or two. I think if they lose that one game to Georgia and then they miss the SEC title game and beat South Carolina and Vanderbilt, I don't know how they're going to get jumped like two spots by some people. Like, because they basically just get to sit and let the other people fight it out. That I think, man, it is insane that we're here this year. I thought Tennessee was going to win 10 games, said it on the podcast but I still didn't think the playoff was gonna happen. I did not think the college Bowl playoff was an actual possibility to this point, but I'm not saying tank the Georgia game if I'm Tennessee, because obviously you wanna have a respectable showing, but Tennessee losing by a touchdown or something late to Georgia, and then taking care of business against South Carolina and Vanderbilt and Mizzou, and then sitting out the rematch against Alabama in the SEC title game, and just seeing what happens at 11 and one, I think it's going to be very, very hard to keep Tennessee out of uh, the the college ball playoff at eleven and one, with their only loss being to the best team in the country. That's going to be yeah, extremely especially, difficult,
0: especially if in that first ranking you decide to what they've done to this point. This is the number one team in the country, mm-hmm. and and they lose to number two Georgia at that point. Like then, then you're saying, yeah, clearly the only team that's better than us is the number one team in the country. Yeah. That that goes a long way for for just the perception of the second half. But uh, but yeah. We're let's pump our brakes, Georgia, Florida. We can't, we can never look overlook the cocktail
1: party. That's, we can't. Uh, this is not a, a game, a Georgia. People do this because you're bored. Georgia fans are so bored that they're talking. And this is what they were doing against Auburn, where it's like it's the it's the oldest rivalry lived, in the South. I lived
0: through the Ron Zook years, sir. Yeah. I, I lived through us starting season seven, oh, eight, and and Florida being unranked or ranked 25th. And I, the, the Trey on, Harris game, like Georgia's inexplicably. Just gave up 400 yards rushing. When well, Treyon to be Trayon Harris, fair, like Harris did that Tennessee for, too. He went like three for six in the game. Like you didn't make him pass the ball at all. It was it was insane. Next week, Georgia beats Auburn like 34 to seven, and it's like, what <laughs> what happened? Like it was just it was a, the strangest game ever. So weird things happen. In the cocktail party. As a Georgia fan, I can never overlook uh, the cocktail party. And as a Tennessee fan. You got the Kentucky Wildcats coming to town. So they're you can't, 11 point counter, you can't counter chickens before they hatch. We but, can. Uh,
1: this man was out here, Rich Gangarello, uh, today talking about, like, we're not going to score 50 points. Like, that's not who we are. It's like, great. I tweeted about this. I was like, that's a bold strategy, Cotton. Hope it pays off for him. Like, what kind of uh, – how do you have that take after uh, seeing what the Tennessee Volunteers have done each week? Like, that is just – But, I mean, there's no, can, there's no way they can win a game well then Tennessee you're not winning like, that. like you're so the you way they can win uh,
0: a game with Tennessee is eight nine minute drives yeah. and keeping their offense off the field and I mean they scored a bunch thing, last year I mean keeping it, the game played in the 20s you know like that's that's what they need I mean that you, you gotta you gotta know your style so but I mean but they we, get, we got that time last year to,
1: Tennessee scored on the first play of the game on a screen pass to Javante Payton like that was the first play of the game Hey, it's 2022 now. All right, we're not the office not is better. Like they're going to score points. Like the idea that Kentucky is keeping this game to like it's going to be a 2017. Like the way well, Kentucky, Mississippi State is not
0: difficult, yet. but that's their strat That has to be their.
1: No, nope, their strategy is be like we need to throw that out. Like it was 45-42 last year, Tennessee. Like you're going to need 50 to beat Tennessee. Like I'm sorry, like you're just going to if you're Kentucky, you're not winning this game unless you're scoring 50 plus and some weird stuff happens. <laughs> It's not happening.
0: Hey, no, that's not that. The, get way him out they, of here. the way they win is ball control. Yeah, that's like not reality. That's, everyone says like, this against
1: Tennessee. Like, that's what they're going to do. They're like, going to play keep a, away.
0: Teams that play at a high pace have lost games before. Tennessee so like, had the ball for like 22 minutes against Alabama. Points, they don't score 50 points every single game. Like
1: We don't need the ball. We scored three plays. Who cares? Play keep hey. away all you want. Jalen Hyde's still going to take you over the top. I don't care play keep away play scared get out of here all right just relax get out of here but um, loser mentality that's not how you play but that's the only
0: way that's the only way you can i mean that you gotta you gotta know your you gotta play the hand you're dealt if you will so no we got time
1: let will levis cook that's what you got to do you got to roll him out you got to let him do stuff like you gotta let him go toe to toe with uh hendon hucker if you're trying to play Chris Rodriguez 29 carries for 185 yards. That's then- how
0: Kentucky wins. Chris Rodriguez having 29 carries for 185 yards. Have you watched Kentucky football in the Mark Stoops era? I am not had- disagreeing that and that's Will Levis what they is do. Actually, a good enough quarterback to complement the running game. Like that's supposed to be their strategy. Yeah. But the running game just hasn't been there for him this year. It was. I mean, it looked good uh, last time we saw them, but you know, we'll see versus Tennessee. But we got time. We got time to get into Tennessee, Kentucky. We got to focus on Week Eight right now, sir. Yeah. For, let's. Uh, are, are you ready? You ready for the recap?
1: Yeah. Let's. Uh, let's do the recap, Matt Green. How did we do this weekend?
0: All right. Well, I've made up no ground on you overall, sir. I hate uh, to see it. We both went seven and four overall mm. this week. And then you extended the lead against the spread. You were seven and four against the spread to my five and six this Mm. past week. Uh, You are now 66 and 25 on the season overall, 47, 42, and two against the spread. Mm. I am 56 and 35 overall, 41, 48, and two against the spread. So still need some improvement there, Zeus. With his third consecutive home dog of the week, you question the South Oops. Carolina Gamecocks mm-hmm. as the uh, home dog this week. Got it done. I think Oklahoma State was the other one on our board as well. They also got it done. But Gamecocks got it done this weekend. You're you're the
1: big number one Gamecock fan. What was your favorite chunk play uh, from South Carolina in that win against uh, Texas A&M?
0: My favorite play. <laughs> Was them taking the opening kickback 100 yards, sir? Yeah, this it was just insane. Like, you talk about the way to start a football game. Like, this is why I mean, you can kind of tell South Carolina as is a big win. Like, you celebrate the hell out of it if you're South Carolina. No one expected them to be five and two with this schedule they had, even though people did see some improvement. I guess I won't say nobody because some people were hyping them up. More than Tennessee coming into the year. You remember I I remember talking to you in our SEC media days. I was like, everything they're saying about South Carolina, they should be saying like Roman Harper's talking about them potentially winning the East and stuff. Like
1: someone picked them to win the East.
0: Yeah. So, but I digress. Five Mm -hmm. and two is still an amazing start for South Carolina, but you saw it, it's still smoke and mirrors, right? Take back the opening, kickoff. Uh a&M throws a, a touchdown, a pick, very first possession. You get three points out of it. Fumbles at the next possession. You get a touchdown of it. Like, they had 17 points when they had 19 total yards in this game. Like, the first, what, five minutes? Well, we, like, it, when they score that last? Yeah, we're, like, five minutes into the game. They're up 17-0. The rest of the way, they score 13 points. It's like they didn't really do anything the rest of the way, but – I mean, they didn't really have to. They they got those turnovers early and, and got A&M in a hole.
1: Yeah, look, this is such a weird... Like, we, Texas A&M wins now. Okay, no quarterback there. They love beating teams with their backup quarterback in. No Will Levis, no... Max Johnson, hey, do what you got to do when you're the South Carolina game. I mean, Haynes
0: King one. was in for a while for this one, though.
1: He what? No, I'm saying like, they didn't have Max Johnson. Haynes King was number two. Oh,
0: like, oh, I guess that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Max so they're
1: on start. number two here once again. Um, So you got to, hey, it's just the hand you're dealt over here is uh, you, you win what you're supposed to win here. Here's what we should mention, though. Spencer Rattler, 12 of 25, 6.7 yards per attempt. Spitzer Rattler's still bad. He's been bad this whole season. You look at it and you're like, congratulations, yeah, five and two, but like, not a lot of optimism with this offense. Marshawn Lloyd had, ran the ball really well for them. Great. I was going to say that's the optimism, as Marshawn Lloyd is a dude. Yeah, until you run up against Tennessee, until you run up against Georgia, until you run up against teams that actually... Um, have answers for this, and t- South Carolina has to score a lot of points and has to have a functioning offense, a high functioning offense. There's just no playmakers out wide. Like this is not a scary offense to any degree. The defense playing pretty well; they deserve credit there uh for the strides they made on that side of the ball. But like South Carolina is, they're not one of the. Uh, they're just you watch this game, and Spencer Rattler's still not that dude. It's just not going to happen, and they don't have there it, it's storn what is his name storner i think led them in uh, yards this week the the other opponent yeah, transfer. Stagner. yeah there's just no playmakers out wide they don't there's no alshon jeffrey out wide to scare you i feel you. like
0: josh van shows flashes but i feel i think i thought he i think he was like second team all sec coming into the year yeah. but I think it's probably more of a result a result that Rattler is just is just not very good. Yeah. But I mean, right now they're five and two. They're about to play Missouri, battle for Columbia this week. And then at <laughs> Vanderbilt. Like this team's starting seven and two. And then and then at Florida. Like you can't tell me Florida's better than South Carolina. I right can't.
1: They're winning that game. I mean, they might. And
0: like we kind of talked about South
1: Carolina's uh, 72, 72nd in passing offense in the country right now. Seventy-second. I <laughs> Have you seen the Florida Gators play? I mean, they at least they run the ball really well. Like you talk about running the lose. ball, Marshawn Lloyd, they're still running
0: the ball, they're That's still true, doing that. But they Florida can lose to just about anybody.
1: That's true.
0: LSU, they did not stop LSU one time the entire game. Like they they had eight drives, or I think eight drives and seven touchdowns. And the one the one time they stopped LSU. Was a wide open like dude on like a third and five in the middle of the field. He just dropped it. Like nobody around him. He just dropped it. Like they literally didn't get a stop like the entire game. So I can't. I can't count on Florida beating anybody honestly. Like, I even take, though I just said this? I'm more. I don't want to count that as a win yet. Florida's Florida's not a good team this year. But another, yeah, you know, game, is not a good team? Good game the South Carolina
1: Gamecocks. They're also not good. 82nd in uh, quarterback rating in the country they're not good this offense no, is not good that's fair without will levis kentucky is yeah a shadow
0: of themselves and a this is an indictment on texas a&m more than i was anything.
1: gonna say this is more of an indictment on where texas a&m is as But a we program. love
0: shane beamer so we want to be like hell yeah the the cockpit they were going nuts <laughs>
1: can we have um, the jimbo fisher conversation matt green is he gonna get fired are we now at the point where like you almost can't bring him back after this year
0: I mean, we kind of are getting there. Like it's, it's a legitimate conversation now because if they miss a bowl game, like we're talking about the Kevin Sumlin, bad seasons, you go seven and you go eight and four with a really, or eight and five with a really, uh, good roster. It's like, I don't think Sumlin ever did worse than eight and five. Right. I think you went eight and five, literally exactly eight and five, like four years in a row. And they're like, mm-hmm. all right, get out of here. <laughs> like. If they miss a bowl game, like they're they're what right now, three and four
1: mm-hmm. they get all this at home this weekend,
0: Florida at auburn, UMass, and lSU. you gotta win three of those, uh, which three I mean uMass and at Auburn, I mean, at Auburn is like in in Florida, Florida's a,
1: Florida's the game that one decides if they go bowling that's I at think.
0: home, yeah, so. That's true because they're not they're I don't not think gonna... they're beating
1: Ole Miss this weekend. Ole Miss not losing two straight. They're not gonna score and I don't uh, think they're beating Ole Miss.
0: I that that's my that's my other take for the weekend. Mm. The, Ole, the Ole Miss Rebels.
1: You um, just didn't believe them before the year, and now you're just you're basking in the loss and you're basking in the defeat of the rebs. And uh you're you're ready the you're ready to pounce. You've been waiting for this.
0: I'll say the last thing I'll say about Texas A&M is if they missed a bowl game, I think Jimbo could legit get fired. But yeah. that said, the Ole Miss Rebels are coming to town uh, this week. And Ole Miss is fool's gold, man. Oh, no. They are. You They went they started the season 7-0. Do you know how many SEC West teams they played in those first seven games?
1: Uh, one? Zero? Zero. Okay
0: zero sec west teams until mid to late october we're calling the 20 what was it the 22nd 21st this weekend
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's that's late october late yeah. october do you your first sec west uh team of the year and like i talked about oh auburn was the week before so six and oh six and oh without playing a, a uh, sec west team no 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 disrespect to the uh, auburn tiger fans out there but mm. Auburn, Auburn has been awful this year, and they they put up numbers against this Ole Miss offense, or this Ole Miss defense. At L, going at LSU, like that's a hostile environment. Also a noon kickoff. You probably got a, a light Death Valley, if you will. Mm. But they couldn't stop LSU's offense. And now you got at Texas A&M, Alabama, at Arkansas, Mississippi State. You can't tell me you're confident that Ole Miss wins two more games this year. Confident that they don't win two more, you can't. You can't be confident that they win two games the rest of the way. Like at AM, that's in that's College Station. Like that's that's a hostile environment. Like as bad as their offense has been, it's like Ole Miss's defense is just let anybody score on them these days. Like Mississippi State, I don't really think that's definitely not a gimme. At Arkansas, like I feel like we all just forget about Arkansas because they lost so many games in a row. But with KJ Jefferson, this is still a, a really good team, and they're obviously still have to play Alabama. So, like, like to just start the season with six straight games, and then you get Kentucky and Vanderbilt. Like, no disrespect to Kentucky, historically that's the easiest pull you could get from the East. But Kentucky and at Vanderbilt, like they, they a pretty good draw from the East. Six straight. And then you got six straight uh, SEC West games to finish the season. I think Ole Miss is is going to be in for a bad second half of the season.
1: I don't think so. I don't think they've, I, I think it's two and two, the back half. So they're seven and one right now. I think they split um, one of, here's, this is where it's tough. I think they get AM and then I think they get Mississippi State at home. Like we, we know the history of Mike Legion rivalry games, not great. Um, and you get it at home in the egg bowl. So I think they get those two. And then look, I think the only one that I would be pretty, I think I'm more confident in Arkansas beating Ole Miss at home than I am Alabama beating Ole Miss on the road. Um, I think that is still one that still
0: basically you're you're saying Alabama, Alabama. you saying Alabama is a dangerous game
1: for Ole Miss. I think or Arkansas. Is, Ole more Miss is a
0: dangerous game for Alabama. You're saying at home, yeah, I think so. Wow. See, I was thinking we were counting Alabama as an automatic loss for. for See, Ole I'm not Miss. there. And then at A and M and at Arkansas, like I thought, I think Mississippi State is the one you have to win.
1: And I think uh, that's a good place to be, to be in. To I mean, but still, even if you only go two and two there, it's nine and three, nine and three after ten and two a year ago, where a lot of people were like, "Is it going to be a come, uh, just come back down to earth year for Lane Kiffin?" Nineteen wins in two years at Ole Miss is pretty phenomenal. So you don't think seven and five is possible? Five straight losses to end the season? I mean, it's possible. It's just not likely. I don't think.
0: Yeah, that's that's probably fair. I think eight and four is is a very real. Op- uh, that's a possibility. Possibility. The potentially losing five, uh, four of your last five games to finish the season. That's. But uh, I mean,
1: that's just like kind of like you said. It's circumstantial because of the way the season was built like they had a schedule that was completely backloaded with the toughest division in football. Like that's not I mean, look, it's tough, but that's a weird way of doing the schedule. It's just the way they they constructed yeah. it. But I don't know. I just looked at that it's game. It's good and to LSU. create some
0: buzz. Get get your team ranked with a bunch of easy wins. We're gonna be laughing in like three or four weeks. Like you remember when Ole Miss was like number eight? Like crazy. Rankings rankings this year have just been out absolutely just unpredictable.
1: Well LSU came back from a 17 to three hole in this one where I thought old miss was just going to roll. I picked old miss in this game. LSU looked like this was just going to get out of hand, kind of like the Tennessee LSU game. Um, and it did not. LSU has figured a lot of stuff out. Um, the thing about them though, which is so weird because Noah Kane transferred there this offseason, left Penn state. And we just kind of assumed that he was just going to be a dude. Uh, Cause LSU has just been so good at developing RVs over the years. He has not been that guy lsu cannot run the ball whatsoever um but jane daniels can uh when he bounces around and does stuff and jane daniels has been incredible and he completely outplayed uh jackson dart in this one this is where if you're an old miss fan you're like okay this is where we're limited is at quarterback um he's just not matt corral matt corral was a special player last year for the rebels and jackson dart had to make moves for uh the rebels this weekend and he just did not do it like he had to make plays with his arm um that was not what happened LSU just dominated them from then on uh from the 17 to 3 uh getting up 40 points uh on that one so I don't know I I think that's a pretty concerning turn of events if you're an Ole Miss fan how that one got away from you to that degree but I think LSU has figured a lot of stuff out and Brian Kelly uh I think he's just going to be He's going to be just fine at all at uh, LSU. And I think the Notre Dame fans who were uh, laughing at the Florida state loss of the special teams and then getting blown out at home by Tennessee, that Tennessee loss doesn't look as bad for LSU where they're like, yeah, well, guess what? Have you seen this Tennessee <laughs> team lately? Yeah they're, yeah, they're really good. Like it's not a crazy bad loss. And then it's week one neutral site first game with the team. Weird stuff happened in the dome, like whatever outside of that, like, there's an easy path if the that game goes differently that they're six and one uh at this point and lsu and year one brian kelly i think they're gonna be fine i think this is actually my biggest takeaway is that lsu is going to be uh (laughs) they're gonna be an sec west favorite i think going into next year i think uh brian kelly is going to have this thing humming and that lsu is in very very good shape uh in the not too distant future what what was your takeaway on that front
0: that's to what that's what I tried to tell anyone who would listen before the season started. Like he doesn't fit the culture in LSU, the fake accent, all this, the dancing, like whatever. He's a good football coach and mm-hmm. LSU's going to have good players and they're going to be good under Brian Kelly. Like I feel like you can tell already year 1 how much they've improved. And yeah, my biggest takeaway is just Jaden Daniels just put on a show in this game. Like he was like if he can if he can be this guy, like, this is what we thought, like, Dark Horse Heisman, Arizona State being a, a, a sleeper team the last few years is, like, this is the potential I think people saw in Jaden Daniels. And to see him 21-28, two touchdowns, 121 yards and three touchdowns on the ground, like, just an absurd performance by him. Just LSU, uh, they look pretty dangerous. Like, Alabama at LSU in a couple weeks now, It looks way more interesting than it did a few weeks ago.
1: LSU Alabama, I think it's going to be a game now. Like I think this is going to be uh, under the lights, high, high pressure situation. I'm very excited where again, Bama is gettable, man. Like this, we, we should talk about this game where you're going to look at the score for Bama Mississippi State and you're going to be like, oh, blew them out. Like this was my lock of the week mike leach and his teams do not play alabama well at all it's a mismatch problem we're like people who called tennessee the air raid do not watch tennessee football this is what the air raid is uh what mike leach does just the full full version of it the problem is he does everything just side to side like they're a side to side air raid they're very like that's why will rogers like is throwing 39 of 52 every week is that he's not throwing downfield all that often. He's using like the halfback dives. It's like the quick curl routes, the quick screens out wide Uh, for the Bulldogs. It's just different uh, the way they do it, but that's not how you beat Alabama. Like it's just one of the worst ways of going against Alabama. The reason Tennessee beat Alabama is because they took the top off is that they were stretching them with Jalen Hyatt and company that you were putting pressure, uh, big time pressure on this Alabama defense. Like you saw that with you freeze, with Ole Miss. You saw that with how Johnny Manziel and the big plays there with Texan and Kevin Slemlin back in the day. Like you see like how teams put pressure on Alabama in ways that you, you can't beat Alabama the way Alabama plays football. So it's kinda like when Kentucky fans are like, Oh, we can we're building what Georgia's building, like smash mouth football, and people try to talk themselves into it because they're like, Kentucky's just as physical as Georgia. They want to run the ball just like Georgia. They have the players they are well-coached, blah, blah, blah. They're going to beat them. No, you don't beat Georgia playing that way. You're not going to beat Georgia playing, trying to play Georgia football. you got to do something different um, that just kind of throws them off. Mississippi State just didn't do that. And even with all that being said, Jameer Gibbs and Alabama did not run the football at all on this Mississippi no. State team. Bryce Young's numbers weren't eye-popping. The receivers are still not there. Alabama just took care of business because that defense is just such a bad matchup for Will Rogers and what uh, Mississippi state tries to do 3.1 yards per attempt. This was 24, nothing at the half. I mean, it was fine, but I don't know. I don't, don't, my, I still have the same kind of concerns about Alabama and I still think Mississippi state has to start evolving uh, on down the field stuff. They have to do more uh, down the field, especially against the Alabamas of the world. What did you take away from this one? Well, but what they did do
0: is they ran the ball in this game. Like they came out, clearly they they know the the book on them is that they're going to throw the ball 50, 60 times a game. Mm-hmm. And those first couple of drives, they ran the ball successfully on Alabama. And I remember making a comment at the time after they, because they, they uh, had the turnover on downs on like, what that was like a 60-yard a drive or so. Like they got down to inside the 15 and and didn't get it on fourth down. And then the next drive after Alabama got the first touchdown of the game. Then they have another long, like, was it like a 15 play drive? They had two, am my screen looks super small here. I'm sorry. I think it was a 12 play drive and a 15 play drive that they got zero points out of where they moved the ball really well on Alabama's offense. And I feel like, or on Alabama's defense, and you could tell right then and there, it's like, this game's over. Like if you're going to pull the upset at Alabama, like you're actually moving the ball you have to most likely get touchdowns out of these mm-hmm. drives and they got uh, zero points a missed field goal. Like you just, you can't do stuff like that, but yeah, I mean, they definitely did hang around in this one, but yeah, I was going to bring up the same thing to you. I think the reason why they did, never really broke away is because they just couldn't run the ball. Like mm-hmm. 27 carries for 29 yards for Alabama. Like Mississippi state came in as the fourth worst rush defense in the SEC. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't run on him, so I think that's a little concerning. You're about to go up against LSU here in a couple of weeks in Death Valley. Like, like you said, these Bryce Young is just absolutely just brilliant. He just makes a couple of plays every game, just and he did another one in this game, just ran around for 10 seconds and then just found a guy open in the end zone. And he's just incredible. The receivers, you just still want more from the receivers, and till this point they'd gotten enough in the running game to kind of take some of that pressure off of Bryce young, but you didn't really see that in this game.
1: No, I mean, Mississippi States, uh, like 90th in yards per attempt nationally. Like that's just got to change like 23 TDs, four picks for Will Rogers, which is good. Will Rogers is a good player, but for the Mississippi state, to take that next level jump. Like you said, they got to run the ball more. They got to be able to do that when other stuff's taken away. But also they just have to expand this offense they have to go downfield more you just have to um especially against the alabama's of the world but also alabama 42nd in yards per attempt nationally this is not the same alabama team from years ago i'm telling you folks like lsu is going to be a problem for them uh george is obviously going to be a problem for them old miss challenges down the field they are a big play offense they are not the same. Lane Kiffin is not calling the same stuff. Obviously, he has a lot of history with Nick Saban. He knows what Nick Saban likes to do on defense uh with Pete Golding and company. Bama, I think, is gonna drop another one. I, I've not seen enough to make me think that this team's not finishing 10 and 2 in the regular season. I think they drop another one, man. I, I don't know who it is. If it's old miss, if it's LSU, I don't think it'll be Auburn. Uh that would be pretty hilarious though if it was Brian Harson saves his job by beating this Alabama team to end the year and they lock him in for another year uh for next year would be pretty funny but i don't think that's going to be the case i don't know man i i think this alabama team obviously supremely talented with bryce young but man this outside of jameer gibbs and he got shut down this week when he's not cooking you're just like is it cory brooks is it holden is it uh Latu? just not a lot of dudes it's just weird this alabama team just not a lot of yeah. dudes without that, i think if you're picking a place to get
0: upset I know you like the at Ole Miss. Mm. I just uh I look at the at LSU. I think that's the more dangerous one. Just because if Jaden Daniels is playing like this, man, they're they're a dangerous team in Death Valley at night. Like that's that's gonna be
1: a wild one. Um Oklahoma State survives Texas. Uh they come back uh 14 0. Uh they blank the the horns in the fourth quarter. Three picks for Ewers oklahoma state they went ugly um but huge huge win for the pokes that i did not think that they were gonna win what did you make of this one matt green yeah without a doubt this was a this was a big time win i felt
0: i felt confident like i did i wanted to toot my own horn even it mm. wasn't the exact same it wasn't the exact thing i said so i'm not gonna completely <laughs> maybe a half toot but um i i, I said last week like can we just relax with the Texas back talk? Like you're like Mm. a good team again. You're not, this team's not going to the playoff. They have two losses. Like let's not talk about that. Maybe they can win a few games in a row and they can get back in the big 12 championship. But you saw it uh, going to Stillwater is, has been very tough for the Texas Longhorns in recent years. And Quinn Ewers, uh, 19 of 49, three picks in this one. Spencer mm. Sanders was coming off an injury and I thought he he played really good in this one. So yeah, another, uh, another shootout, but um, yeah, Texas is just not quite back. Let's just, let's just pump the brakes. They're, they're good. We shouldn't fire Steve Sarkeesian or something, but it's just, they're not ready to, to be a contender year too. But I think next year I'm sure Texas is going to be <laughs> preseason number seven and the hype train will be back, but uh, Oklahoma State they look like the best team if not TCU Oklahoma yeah probably TCU and then Oklahoma State they're looking like the best teams in the Big 12
1: mm. I think Texas though still showed enough they were ahead uh, a lot in this one they look good for the most part they should have really probably won this game a couple plays go their way Bijan John Robinson unbelievable uh, once again, he's just a marvel uh, for this Longhorns team. But again, not the same kind of Texas loss where it's just the pokes are good. And this is a road game for the Horns, tough place to play. And, uh, you know, can't, you can't do that in the fourth quarter. You can't get blanked like that. But Quinn Ewers, I think, will continue to grow from that. He had some big plays in this one. I, I don't know. I'm still not out on Texas being one of, uh, they're moving in the right direction. I would not panic over a close loss on the road to Oklahoma State here. Um, TCU, though, stays perfect. Matt Green, they beat um, the Kansas State Wildcats. Adrian Martinez left this game in the first quarter, unfortunately, and did not return. But TCU from ESPN is just the second Big 12 team ever to win four straight all against ranked teams. Uh, Another thing I saw on Twitter, uh, TCU football back-to-back wins after being down by three scores, which is bonkers. Uh, Four consecutive wins against AP top 25 teams seven and oh and in sole possession of first place in the big 12 they're just racking up the hypno toads which are leaning into uh very cool i like that (laughs) um from sunny dikes bunch but man tcu they're they're fun they're good um i don't know how much longer this can continue on because they still have some big games ahead uh but what did you make of tcu another huge win come from behind win and uh the horn frogs keep moving. They just, they're America's team right now. I joke about Tennessee, but I think the Horn Frogs and the Hypnotoads are uh, capturing the minds and uh, the hearts of uh, this very nation, sir.
0: Without a doubt, I thought this was a huge win. And everyone talks about the TCU offense, but I mean, you got to credit the defense in this one. Obviously, they got in a 28-10 hole, but they didn't give up a point the rest of the game. Like the last seven drives, Kansas State, didn't score a point, turned the ball over twice. Like this was a this was a big time performance for sure. I, I saw 28-10 early. Um, so first, what is it? First 22 minutes of the game, defense allowed 28 points. Last 38 minutes, zero. So yeah, for TCU to have 28 unanswered like that, I feel like this was a this is a big a big time win because I think a lot of people are just waiting for like the other shoe to drop. Like yeah, TCU, they're they're a pretender. Um, but no it's it's not looking like it because it that it feels like the big 12 that's what tends to happen right like and then so you win one, you lose one too many games and you're not like a, a legit playoff contender and i think like that's basically what happened to baylor last year like that that one upset loss to tcu kind of late in the season if they're a one loss team going to the big 12 championship then they could have gotten in the playoff but uh but yeah, this is uh, this is another big win for TCU. Max Duggan, I'm I'm still on the uh, on the Max Duggan uh, bandwagon.
1: There you go, there you go. Uh, Matt Green, we go to let's go to Oregon, UCLA. Uh, UCLA, they fall at home. I think we both picked the uh, Ducks to win this one, right? We did. I I
0: picked UCLA to cover the spread, but we mm-hmm. did both pick Oregon to win this one. But yeah turns out oregon ducks just because they got smashed by the georgia bulldogs does not mean they are not a good team Mm. oregon um in this game so you leave out the georgia game Mm -hmm. two-parter green line stat of the week here okay oregon's averaging 42.4 points per game this year seventh in college football over 42 a game You take out the Georgia game, they're averaging 49 points per game the last uh, seven weeks, last six weeks. Mm. So they've just been on an absolute tear. This game, they did not punt until six minutes left in the fourth quarter. I will read you their drive summary. Seven drives in the first quarter. Field goal, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Touched oh no, sorry. Seven straight drives, seven straight scoring drives to start this game. Field goal, touchdown, 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 touchdown. This offense was absolutely humming along. And um Oregon's looking like the best team in the Pac-12. I think uh I think we have to say that after this week.
1: The problem is the Georgia game still happened. And I understand Oregon's gotten a lot better. I think you're right, and I'd probably pick Oregon as the best team in the Pac-12 at this point. But if they run the gauntlet, they beat like Utah in the Pac-12 championship game or something, or USC.
0: I was gonna say they could beat Utah in the regular season and beat USC in yeah. the
1: Pac-12 championship.
0: It's a lot but of good. You wins. would still
1: keep them out over a one-loss Tennessee, right? Like I don't think. The, the beat down to Georgia has to keep them out of the playoff, unfortunately, because we just know how this is going to go. Look, Bo Nix has been I, awesome, but if you put Oregon at number four and against Georgia and we do a rematch of Georgia-Oregon, I'm going to lose my mind. If we really go down that road yeah. with a Georgia-Oregon <laughs> rematch in the playoff, like, this That's is the so reason true. the 14 playoffs suck so much. is like, That's we're going to really do this. against
0: them. Yeah. I, I never thought about that. If, if they do get that... because. I think them getting uh, in is is kind of it's not completely um, contingent on Georgia getting in. But it, if your one loss is to the number one team that obviously looks better, even if it wasn't. Absolutely yeah, I mean, I just made the case down. for Tennessee,
1: that being the case, like if that's their one loss, but for sure all that loss is is significant and it was not close that game was Hey we haven't
0: seen game. Georgia play Tennessee yet who we, we could be thinking Oregon is it had a good loss after seeing the way Tennessee plays against Georgia you know you never name going it, to take me 49 hang up this zip yeah. I, I <laughs> I'm sorry. No.
1: One of these teams leads the country in scoring at 50.1 points per game. You talked about that. Hey, Oregon
0: or seventh in the country in scoring yeah. and and they didn't do anything versus this Georgia uh, defense. Also the other thing about when you're making this decision is you'll have seen if this is what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. I, I never thought about that. The ultimate thing is putting them at four and having them play one Georgia would just suck. Yeah. And that might really go against them. But if you're really having this conversation, hypothetically, a a month and a half from now uh ucla or i said ucla georgia the loss to georgia will have been like what three months ago at that point the if tennessee lost to georgia it's three four games ago it's it's fresher in your mind and you could you could justify like this is bo Nix's first game with a new offense well yada yada like oregon's a different team at this point like you and the biggest thing I on de- put December Oswald 3rd. Or,
1: into the sun if they put in four, number four Oregon and put Tennessee at five and miss the playoff and we get 56-24 Georgia The biggest over thing
0: is on December 3rd, if Tennessee's sitting at home mm-hmm. and they're the, the fourth-ranked team in the country and Oregon's sitting there at number five playing number seven USC and they beat them by three touchdowns, there's an argument to be made. That's all I'll this? say.
1: You know what? Bring it. I'm like, uh, I'm like the Night Walker, uh, the Night King in uh, Game of Thrones. Let's do that. A neutral site before we even get there. Uh, whoever wins Oregon also, in, versus Tennessee in Atlanta.
0: Wild card here, though. Alabama. Yeah, you're you're over here saying Alabama's gonna lose. Gonna I get think they drop them more. I don't think again. they're a
1: playoff team. I think it's if over. If
0: Alabama loses to LSU, maybe they lose to LSU and Ole Miss. They're mm. nine and three, ranked number fourteen. Mm-hmm is that Tennessee win still that important to, I mean, at that point, Oregon's resume might be more impressive than Tennessee's.
1: No, if it's just
0: what? hold on. But if it's just the Alabama win, just Alabama and LSU are the two best wins. Yeah. And, and then UCLA or you, you keep saying UCLA, yeah. then Oregon beating those four best teams in the pac 12. Like you could make an argument for it.
1: Tennessee's uh, competition is a combined 30 and 23 right now. TCU is number one at 29 and 21. Uh, to this point. So I, I don't think so. In the Kentucky win, I don't think Kentucky will go down. South Carolina being uh, a little bit better matters, like, but
0: I don't know but if their best win How is about this? like, if it's like 14th ranked Alabama and maybe UCLA is number 11. And they, if they beat USC who's ranked seven or eight at the time in the, in the PAC 12 championship, I think playing on conference championship weekend subconsciously, the voters want to put in conference champions if they can.
1: Like, well, what do you saying, do? Hold, oh, hold on. A here's a do, here's a crazy one for you, Matt Green, because I think this is the most likely scenario. This is the most likely one. I'm going to go with it. Are you ready? All right. Georgia goes undefeated. They run, they run the gauntlet. I think Ohio State stays undefeated and run the gauntlet. They win. They beat Michigan. I think I know I where you're going with this. Michigan misses the Big Ten title game, but their only loss is a close loss to Ohio State. Tennessee mm. runs the gauntlet their only loss is to Georgia who also ran the gauntlet and went undefeated their one loss is a close one to Georgia they're 11-1 and, and missed the the SEC title game Oregon runs the gauntlet they finish 12-1 and 1, win the Pac-12 title Clemson I was gonna say Clemson does not sure. lose a game because I don't think they're gonna lose a game this year until the playoff Three of those spots are locked in. And then you're faced as a committee. SEC, Big Ten, ACC
0: are locked in.
1: Yes. I think that's the case. I think there's only one spot up for grabs right now. I think Georgia, Clemson, and Ohio State are as close to locks as I can go. Like, I think they're pretty close to locks. Well, see, Georgia's not a lock. The SEC champion is the lock. Georgia is far from a
0: lock. Like, Tennessee... Tennessee's a really good team. And then you talk about, well, I mean, even SEC if Georgia Championship, lost most likely one game, what I'm saying is
1: they're a lock still, because even if Tennessee, if Georgia loses to Tennessee, right. And Tennessee goes to SEC title game. I think Georgia only losing to Tennessee and also being the defending champions. I think they get the benefit of the doubt of that four spot. Like I don't, we just saw it this past year. I, I see. I thought this, I think that's a good point.
0: And that's definitely possible, especially if you see this team ranked number one with a number one next to their, the majority of the year for just so much of the season yeah this is where i thought you were going with it mm. Georgia's is undefeated and ohio state is undefeated mm-hmm. and you're having that conversation about tennessee and oregon like well we saw oregon play georgia whatever make ohio state the one seed mm. then you get ohio state oregon in the first round then you get georgia clemson two rematches from 2021 but not from 2022 I'm okay with that sort of ranking manipulation hmm. if we can avoid a, if we can avoid a a rematch. But here's what I want. Like you're saying I want most Georgia likely... Clemson.
1: I want one Georgia for Clemson, two Ohio State, three Tennessee. That's what I want. That's what I'm dying. That that's what the world needs. That's that's what America uh, it's hard,
0: needs. It's hard to see it's hard to see Tennessee be ranked ahead of Clemson if they're an undefeated ACC champ. Are we watching Clemson this year? Does anyone but, actually play Tennessee? Cool? better? But that's what I'm cool with, the ranking manipulation. Yeah. If Georgia and Ohio State are both undefeated, like, okay, make Ohio State one, make Georgia two, so they play three Clemson, make Tennessee four, get Ohio State. But I'm okay with that, one That's four, a lot two, of assumptions, yeah. though. This is Alabama. We can't just count out Alabama completely. Like, But also, wouldn't those definitely... two games
1: be great? Like, I think those would be a lot of fun. I think if that's the matchup, I think that's pretty fun. I think that's the best case. Like the number one offense versus the number two offense in Ohio State, Tennessee, like that will just be an instant classic, I think. And then Georgia Clemson last year I was, think
0: Georgia Clemson, if we saw Georgia Clemson 2022, it would yeah. look exactly like Georgia, Michigan 2021. I don't honestly. think so.
1: I do the not think is still Clemson. too good. I do not think Clemson is that team this year. Like Offensively, no. The defense is still there though, man. I just, the defense is there. I mean,
0: they're good for sure, but this past week, for them to bench DJ Uyunglele like they mm. did, like
1: Well, let's get into over... Clemson. Yeah, let's get into Clemson. Uh there we go. Syracuse here.
0: Turn the ball over four times. Like, obviously you got that 14 point swing uh in this one with the the 90 yard uh touchdown. Which was wild. Uh, it was it was an insane game, but I think Syracuse got absolutely hosed in this game. Like, with the back-to-back, the two straight possessions in the third quarter, like, they're down 27-10, go three and out. Third and 25, dude scrambles for a gain of four. That's it. That's punting it. Like, the ref, that legit felt like manipulating the game there. Like, this guy is trying to, like, get a couple extra yards. He's not a yard out of bounds, and the defensive lineman gets him. That late hit call just kept the drive alive, and... Just kept Syracuse, uh, Clemson in this game, and then for the very next possession for Syracuse to have a borderline roughing the passer when the guy's two, three, four yards out of bounds, like that, I feel like that absolutely changed the the momentum of this game. Like I didn't necessarily feel like Cade Klubnick came in and like was just like a superstar. Like the offense started moving the ball better once he came in the game, but. I mean, was he two of four for like 20 yards passing? Like he he had a good two point
1: conversion play though.
0: Yeah, sure. You know, he was, he was fine, but like, it was, I thought it was interesting for Dabo at the end of the game to be like, you know, uh, DJ is still the quarterback. It was just whatever this, this game was going, how it was going and you had to figure out a way to win it. Like, yeah, that's fine. But I don't know that, I don't know that Klubnik is is that guy. Like what, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> who did who did Dabo compare him to? Like Steph Curry. Like Steph Curry goes two for twenty five. It's like, I'm sorry, he really doesn't though, Dabo. He he, does, he doesn't do ever go that bad. But um, I don't know. I think this is it says a lot. Like, if you just think about someone with a quarterback controversy like Georgia, like in 2021, there were some games last year. Not a lot because they didn't play a lot of close games. But in the national championship where the offense wasn't moving the ball. And I don't think Kirby Smart ever even considered taking sets and been out of the game. This is like DJ, DJ Oyungalale has been pretty good this year. Like we've been talking for a few weeks how each week he seems to like be getting better and better. He's kind of showing why he was such a highly touted recruit. And this is kind of the first sign, I mean, other than like early in the Georgia Tech game, but you know, it's kind of first, first half of the season or the first two quarters of the season. Like, I don't want to overreact to that. But this was like the first sign where you kind of saw him not look good and the offense not look good. And, and for them to bench him just says that you had to already have those doubts to me in your mind that like, if we need to bench DJU, like we can't hesitate like this, maybe it's just because club Nick's talented enough to be like, we just need to change of pace guy. Like, you know, he might not be better, but what, what dj's doing right now isn't working but i don't know to call them a legitimate contender that's at 7-0 and now and just bench their quarterback in the third quarter of the win versus syracuse i'm just i have a lot of doubts about clemson but i don't stop
1: beating ohio state and georgia in succession it's not i don't know
0: who's gonna beat them like i don't i don't see anyone it's not coming to the playoff
1: like the playoffs where they lose they're losing their first playoff game just go ahead and write that one in clemson season's ending with them going undefeated And then losing their first playoff game just lock it in chase said this on october 25th 2022 just lock it in i mean that's how it feels for sure i um
0: i thought syracuse they they played a good game like this defense is just fast like they just moved all around the ball all around the field and they just forced a lot of turnovers like some of this you know was you know maybe some self-inflicted wounds but i feel like syracuse really gave them a game one of my helmet stickers for the day was jihad Carter for Syracuse. Mm. This guy has an absolute monster day. Nine tackles, a pick, uh two fumble recoveries. One of them he took 90 yards to the house. Like mm. absurd day for uh for jihad carter. But I um I can't lie, I was rooting for the Qs to pull the upset. I uh was not a big fan of the uniform selection, you know, white, white, orange <laughs> versus orange, orange, white, you know. But you know, here that's neither here nor there. Uh, it was it was it was hard to call it a good win for Clemson because I feel like honestly without and then the defensive pass interference at the end of the game Mm. too that allowed it I mean that's a three-point game I think they're that put them up kept the drive alive and then they were able to go up six like I feel like there was multiple times throughout this game that uh I'd feel a
1: little hosed as a Syracuse fan I'll also say if this game happens in the carrier dome they win right like this is one where we saw enough here where Syracuse proved enough or if you played this one in uh, Q's country, they probably won it, right?
0: I mean, yeah, you would, you would think so, but this is
1: a coin flip on the road for them. The fact that they were in this until the final drive where they throw a pick late uh, to lose and ice it like, yeah, I don't know. had a chance. I also thought it was weird that Sean Tucker was not a player at all in this game. Like he was not, not at all involved and he's been great for uh, the orangeman all year long syracuse shut out in the second half you're just not going to win many football games against top five top 10 competition when you get shut out in the second half like that's just really really hard for the defense and like you said they were flying around doing great stuff but doesn't matter how good your defense is when your offense literally scores a goose egg in the second half on the road and without it, like, you're just you're not going to win
0: and when you're really talking about you know, big plays happen, like fluky plays happen that change momentum of games. You know, it's like, people talk, well, without that 80 yard run, you know, they didn't really run on us that much. We're like, well, you know, they had that 80 yard run. So that counts. <laughs> um, in terms of just how the two teams played, like that 90 yard fumble recovery, like that is such a fluky play. Like that's a 14 point swing right there. Like this offense only scored 14 points in this game. Like you 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 swap that fourteen points and it's a a thirty four fourteen type of win. Like you look at the stats and that that kind of looks more like how Syracuse or how Clemson should have won this game. Like four fifty to two ninety on the on the total yards and Syracuse had almost three or Clemson had almost three hundred yards rushing. Like so, just turn the ball over so much and you, you can't it's i usually say you can't win you can't beat anybody turning the ball over four times somehow they did still win turn
1: the ball over four times for sure um we'll say too the one thing i last thing on this do you think in the portal like in the non-portal era dj gets pulled there um i
0: don't i don't know that it has anything to do with it i think when you just it's probably more just having some confidence in your backup to like,
1: but you don't think it's part to just keep both honest and be like, Hey, Cade, don't worry. Like if DJ's struggling, I'll throw you in there. He's not just getting the job. And then also after the game being like, DJ's still our guy. Like, no, we're... you think, you think Dabo's worried about the portal
0: up, yes. down 27, 10 of, of a, of a football game. He's trying to figure out how to win this thing. Like, I don't think I he
1: is. I think there are people on staff that are, and I think that it just goes through coaches minds now or every single day. I should say.
0: Yeah. I, um, I don't know if I can buy that he that he's worried. I think you are just I, I was just more shocked because of how well Uyangulale has played for it to get kind of such a quick, a quick uh pull there. So he was bad though. Short leash, I should say. But yeah, he yeah, for sure. But was Klubnik really good? Like I yeah. mean, I don't know. I mean that that like I said, that one drive where the the penalty extended it, like that's it was basically a three and out. Like Third and 25. Like that was not a good possession. They the refs just kind of bailed out Clemson. But I think they're fortunate to survive. But but like we said, moving forward, it's it's no at Notre Dame, Louisville, Miami, South Carolina. I
1: just don't know which of those
0: teams is beating Clemson.
1: Uh Penn State blows out Minnesota in the second half. Uh Penn State, Mr. Third Quarter, James Franklin. Uh, three possessions, three. TDs that uh, made it a 38-10 game for uh, the Nittany Lions. I'm glad they took care of business here at home in the Kirk Sriracha Bowl um, because this was uh, a nice win and it makes Penn State, uh, Ohio State far more interesting than it could have been uh, prior. They did the whiteout this week though. I don't know why they didn't save it for next week.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good question. I I don't understand why they wouldn't do it for the Ohio State game. Right? Maybe they're trying to get back in the win column because I think there's a. Uh, I think I know. I know Auburn was a win last year, but I think they should. Their record wasn't very good. I think when they, I remember Game Day talked about it last year. It was like four and six or something like that when they done mm. the whiteout. But um, yeah, I'm just. It doesn't feel right. Ohio State, Penn State being played at noon. It's just like that. If there's a game a year, I can count being under the lights for in the Big Ten. It's it's Ohio State, Penn State, like always. Sometimes I fall asleep before that one's over. Like I remember the J.T. Barrett one that went to overtime. I I passed out. I was like, wow, I missed an amazing ending uh, to this game. Uh, but yeah, I that I'm I'm bummed with that, about that. But yeah, I I was impressed because I was pretty down, and I said it. I literally said it verbatim on the podcast, and then I did the opposite. I said people are gonna overreact to them just getting absolutely boat raced by Michigan. And, um, that's what I did. And they, uh, they, they, they proved that they're still a really good team. I think Minnesota's solid and they, uh, they took care of business against them.
1: There you go. Um, quick ones, final two or final one on the big 10, Wisconsin, uh, beats Purdue. So Wisconsin 500, Jim Leonard really fired up after the game. I think it was alumni or homecoming, uh, for the Badgers. So a lot of Former teammates for Jim Leonard, the interim head coach, who I think now it's inching closer and closer to being named the full-time head coach uh, at Wisconsin. It seems like that's where the winds are blowing, but I don't know. Uh, what did you make of Wisconsin winning poor turnovers uh, by Leonard's defense? Turnover on downs was one of them. Three picks. Uh, Purdue, just not a great day. They were in the driver's seat. Purdue had the Big Ten West sitting there for them, and they have just uh, pissed it away here. So Purdue will not be in the Big Ten title game, I don't think. No, I think
0: this is it for, for, for Purdue's season. Um, to start the the game with uh, the pick six and then the missing the field goal, and then just being a 14-0 uh, hole after that, it just, I don't know, it felt like, it felt like an old old Kentucky, Florida series where Kentucky's just afraid of the Jersey, uh, the, on the other, on the other side. And just that we see now 16 in a row for Wisconsin. Like, I, I feel like sometimes you can lose a game before you get off the bus and Purdue just turned this, turned the ball over way too many times. They, they did make a comeback in the second half, but, uh, they just got down way too much early.
1: Uh Baylor blows out Kansas. Man, Kansas, I just feel bad. Like, no Jaden Jalen Daniels the rest of the way. Drew Bean was not the dude uh here um for the Jayhawks. He struggled in this one. Uh Baylor just uh 28 to 3 at the half. Your Baylor Bears, uh two hundred Still yards. my
0: Baylor Bears. That yeah. was a crossroads this past week. I said if they dropped this one, I was jumping off. Still on still on board with the Baylor Bears. Almost ran for three hundred yards in this one. Yeah, without a doubt. I think they're still a good team. I think the, mm-hmm. the Big Twelve is just a. It's a really exciting conference this year. There's just a lot of good teams and a lot of unpredictability. But I mean, I'm sure Baylor, looking at their schedule, like I would be surprised if they drop two, three, I don't know, four more. They get it's a it's a tough finish to the schedule to the season.
1: Uh, last one on our pick 'em. Uh, we had ecu who i picked in the upset over the ucf knights gus malzahn's team john reese plumley has a horrible day through the air picks everywhere in this one um as the pirates at home uh get things done uh east carolina not to be confused with the eastern carolina pirates that is not who they are uh they just uh they maul uh the uh ucf black knights in this one um four turnovers like i said but holton allers is i think his name 30 36 311 yards 8.6 yards per attempt ninety-two quarterback rating a good day for him and uh, the pirates get it done uh, against ucf yeah i didn't
0: uh didn't pay too much attention to this game uh this one was not on my radar but yeah john reese plumley just not not the best performance in this one but First three drives of the game for Central Florida: interception, fumble, turnover on downs. That is not what you want. And like we said before, East Carolina is a it's a tricky place to play. They uh they seem to they seem to shock some people out there. So UCF, this is uh this is not Josh Heupel UCF, sir. It's those those glory days are over.
1: Hmm. Uh. Ohio State and Iowa. I feel like you had some Ohio State-Iowa stuff that you had to get off your chest tonight, Matt Green.
0: Oh, I did have something to say about Ohio State-Iowa. So, first of all, we can talk about how Ohio State is just, they are they're a dominant team. Felt like this was um, not the best C.J. Stroud performance I'd seen. Um, He just seemed to miss some throws early in this one. Give a lot of credit to Iowa's defense because they just, Iowa knows how to play defense. But what they do not know how to do, sir, that is play offense. The Iowa Hawkeyes now, this is the worst offense, I might say, in the history of football. Like, Mm. Iowa is just awful, especially for a team that's like, I mean, they're not like out of contention in the Big Ten West. (laughs) Like they're not going to win it. But I think there's (laughs) I saw some crazy scenario where every single there can we can still potentially have a seven-way tie and every team can go four and five in the Big Ten West. Um, that's probably not gonna happen. But Mm -hmm. Iowa for to be a respectable football program, they just do not know how to play offense. They are 128th in the country in points per game. Imagine 14 points per game this year seven touchdowns in seven games this year from the offense defense has three touchdowns (laughs) the defense scored the one touchdown in this game uh when they lost 54 to 10 but just absolutely ridiculous like the way they started this game was one of the worst displays of offense i've ever seen like their their drives to start this game interception punt fumble turnover on downs field goal punt pick six punt like just absolutely ridiculous six turnovers in this game like they just 77 rushing yards like they held Ohio State to 66 on the ground like the defense is like always hard-nosed and everything but 81 passing yards 77 rushing yards 158 total yards in this one like just awful offense in this game. One of 13 on third down, like eight first downs the whole game. Like I was just, what are we doing here? Like is Kirk Ferentz, does he have like, does he have dirt on the Iowa administration?
1: No, I mean, just, just like cool they're with fine. Just being good they're,
0: every four years. Like,
1: I mean, that's part of it. Um, Dude's the longest them. tenured FBS head coach uh to this point so that's going for him i mean they're probably just riding it out until he retires i mean i think at a certain point the brian ferret stuff i I don't know what else you can say about iowa um i don't know but it's funny you bring up iowa this way i feel like northwestern's just getting missed glossed over now one in six this (laughs) offense they haven't adapted either in the big 10 west they're in a much more dubious situation right now than uh than I think even Iowa, which is pretty wild. I mean, Iowa, I think, uh, yeah, they're 128th in scoring offense. Uh Northwestern's 18. Uh, so not much better. I don't know. Whatever's going on in the Big Ten, a lot of these schools need to get it together. But Brian ferentz this is the nepotism higher that like I understand why it's awkward. Like, what's he gonna do? Fire you're gonna make him fire his son, or he has to retire? Like, they're in a really weird spot where I think it's gonna have to be a package deal where the whole staff just retires. Um but I don't know. It's just Iowa. I think they're fine with it. Cause they're like, yeah, this is terrible. But in two years, Dallas Clark's son will be on campus and we'll be fine. The next Drew Tate pops out of nowhere and uh, we're going to be okay. Like, I think there's just this Drew idea. Tate. Yeah. Like they're they just need gonna... a Brad banks. They don't need mm-hmm. Drew Tate. <laughs> uh, Ricky Stanzi is pretty good. Uh...
0: Yeah. They, they uh, will find out how, who is worse uh, in the big 10 offensive uh, contest that they're having. We got Northwestern Iowa this this week. Started. Is that this week? So that is this
1: week. Oh, it's, my God. Uh,
0: in Iowa, in Kinnick Stadium. So mm. we'll see. It'll be a battle. It'll be nine to nine to six or so. I was going
1: to say, it's going to be a battle?
0: Is it? <laughs> it's going to be some World War One style trench warfare.
1: I mean, good God. Um, man. Well, that's all I've got, Matt Green. Uh, Anything else you wanted to uh, hit on before we wrap up here on uh, uh, Monday night, late, uh, one day off here uh, from the original schedule?
0: Uh, That's all I got, sir. Uh, I I will confirm that the first college football playoff rankings do indeed come out Tuesday, November 1st. So that will be a couple days before the the Georgia-Tennessee showdown between the hedges so let's, let's hopefully these teams can take care of business
1: and we can get our uh, our top three showdown let us hope for that guy down there in tequila georgia mac green for myself up here in tennessee knoxville tennessee Trey thomas uh that will be it for us here on this edition of the program back uh with our week what nine week nine preview show yes, on uh on wednesday night so look out for that uh, but Matt, uh, always a pleasure, and I will talk to you in less than 48 hours. Yes, sir. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.